Repentance is not a one-time deal. And so if someone falls away, they, what, what did we say earlier? Um, uh, they, they backslide. That's what we say in the Baptist <laughs> world kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. And they come back. Oh, they're saved. No, maybe they were saved before and now they repented of their sin and they came back. Maybe yeah. they weren't saved before and now they are. I don't know. Like, but yeah. are, what are you doing today? Like, are you following Jesus today? That's one of my things. I, hey, if I fall away, if 10 years from now you hear that Robbie Rowe is preaching that Jesus is not the Christ, that he's not the Son of God, I've fallen away. Yeah. You know, am I saved? Am I not saved? Was I saved? Am I coming? You know, like, am I following Jesus today? Yeah. Am I following him 10 years from now? This is Into the Fray. I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. How's your week been? Really good. Really good? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we want to disclose this, but I think you've mentioned before. Like, So we're we're recording the podcast that's going to be aired at a later date. Yeah. But So it's Easter week, right? So it's Passion Week. And so each day, man, I have um, been doing like a devotional, some teaching about each day of Passion Week. And I was thinking even earlier, like, so I've been preaching for nearly 20 years. 10 years here at the bridge. And so, okay, that's at least 10 years of preaching Good Fridays and what happened on third. You know what I mean? Doing that. But it's like each day God's showing me something new. On that day, one little small passage or a few chapters or whatever it is, it's like, wow, this word really is alive, you know? Yeah. And it's it's just awesome because a lot of times even going into it, I'm thinking, oh, Palm Sunday. I mean, how many times can you preach Palm Sunday? You know, and, yeah. and but every time it's different and new. Yeah. And it's it's so refreshing for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like God does this work on my own heart way before I ever speak anything or share anything that's, you know, that it's used by him. It's it's used by him for me a lot of times. So it's been really good. When yeah. you do the because you've been doing the Facebook videos mm-hmm. this throughout this week. Yep, yep. Are those Playing like a weekend ahead of time or? Uh, no, sometimes you, the day before. Okay. The morning of. And you don't like write anything? No. Wow. No, no. I don't. I, and here's something I've also found, just full disclosure, I guess. I hate doing those, for one. Oh, wow. Uh, secondly, I would much prefer even this, just doing it live and walking away from it. Like, I understand that. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because once you talk, or for me, maybe it's just me. Two minutes in, I'm going to stumble. Yep. I'm, I'm going to yep. miss something. And if I know it's not live, oh, well, I'll just start stop, stop and start over. You know what I mean? Or yep. edit it or whatever kind of thing. And so for me, it's just like, nope, I'm going to sit down one time, treat it like it's live, and roll with it, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's tough, but I don't know. That's just the way I prefer it. It's me. How about you, man? How's your week been? It's been good. Uh, one thing that's been... New this week is I ate I eat a salad every day. Hit you okay? Yeah, and like it's a crazy how much you'll feel better doing that. Is this yeah. a salad in place of like for a meal or is this just an addition to or? No, I've been on this like fitness journey for a while now, and I'm trying to just take things. I ain't diving headfirst into all that stuff, but every now and then I'll change a little bit of something else, whether it's the workout or the stuff mm-hmm. I'm eating or whatever. And I've been eating a lot of bread. Okay. Just, and like, for the most part, all my meals are planned except lunch. Lunch is kind of like, if I have something at the house, I'll eat that. If not, I'm going to get Subway or Hardee's, mm-hmm. you know, which is not the best. But uh, I started, uh, I don't know, I just wanted like a, a good snack after work. That wasn't the protein shake. Like I still have to drink protein shake, but something else that was healthy that wasn't nuts because I'm sick and tired of nuts. <laughs> My God, those are it's so dry. Even if like every now and then I buy like those like hot uh, nuts or whatever, uh-huh. it's just you can't do that every day. Yeah, you know. So I was like, you know, what? I'll start eating a salad. I need some like more like vegetables in my diet and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been doing that like at six o'clock every day. And it is crazy how like much better I felt since doing that. Six PM. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Definitely well, I, you said, day. yeah, I felt yeah. better after that. I was like, man, that's for the whole day. Maybe that's breakfast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God, no. So let me ask you, Austin. So when you plan these meals out and you're doing really well, like you're, you're just crushing, I'm eating what I'm supposed to eat, I'm exercising and all. So then when you go to Hardee's, um, I don't know. I mean, my mind goes, you know, like you get this 10,000 calorie hamburger or something like, but if, I mean, so if you do get something like that or you cheat a little bit or whatever, do you feel... Do you feel like, okay, there's grace for that? Or do you feel like really guilty about it? I, f- I have more grace. I'm not, I don't have the body type to where I have to really worry about the calories. Yeah. It's more like, if anything, it's eat as much as you want. And before yeah. I was doing like a dirty bulk. So it was like burgers every day, like two burgers every uh, yeah. day. And just stuff your face full and try to get as much protein in it as possible. Hmm. But you feel like garbage. Yeah. And... I don't really care about getting I, – like, I gained 30 pounds this year. I'm happy. Like, I feel good where I'm at, even though I still would like to get a little bit bigger. And my goal now isn't to get, like, massive. It's just I want to feel good and, like, have energy. I'm with you. And stay, like, awake. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, since eating the salad, I don't know how much this is just me overthinking this eating the salad, but I have been – uh, way more focused I'm able to think better uh, and part of this too is like I haven't been eating as trash at lunch mm-hmm. so yeah like one burger I got you and so I gotta ask though so I'm not a huge salad I like a good salad but when I say salad okay I mean like the works yeah you know what I mean like I mean drenched in ranch dressing and bacon and like so after all that, it's like, really, how healthy is it kind of thing for me? But for you, is it just straight up lettuce and tomato kind of deal, or is it? It's the only, like, I, I'll put, I don't put bacon in it or anything like that. I put, like, ham and eggs, and that's kind of, like, the yeah, yeah. only thing. I, I don't know. Eggs okay. are pro, uh, vegetable. Mm-hmm. Is it? No? Uh, egg I don't know. It's yeah. good for that's you, good though, question. man. Yeah. It's protein. So that's, yeah. th- it's like that, tomatoes, olives. Uh, lettuce and maybe something else. The weird thing that I do though is I don't put any dressing on it. Hmm. And I, I, I like dry salads. Okay, that is interesting. Well, <laughs> it got me thinking. Like people think that's weird. I don't put milk in my cereal either. Really? I like dry cereal. Out of the box, or do you at least pour it in a bowl? Yeah, in a bowl. <laughs> you pour it in a bowl. Do you do it with your hands or a spoon? I mean, there's no milk spoon, there. Yeah. So you go all the no, way. Every now and then, I'll, I will. I like Reese puffs. Yeah. Uh, so I like if I'm like snacking on those, I'll pour them in like a little cup and I'll just drink it. You know. Even though there's nothing. <laughs> that like, is interesting. You know? Okay. Yeah. Have you ever tried it with milk, or you just prefer? It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah so I don't just understand how people way. do that. Hmm. Too sweet. No, it's like mush. Well, if you eat it right away, you don't let it sit there for 10 minutes. It's not mush. Uh, Your Cracker Jack still crackle. But if you. Maybe. Yeah. That's. that's, that's I've had it dry too, and it is kind of more like a snack treat kind of thing, I guess. But yeah. yeah. But I'm pouring milk in mine, so. Yeah. Do you put like. So something my. The rest of my family, like when we make like scrambled eggs, yeah. they put like cheese all over it. Yes. Well, cheese in the eggs, yes. Okay. We'll you, scramble and stuff like that. Do y'all do that? Yeah. So I don't do that. I eat eggs every morning. Just plain. Just dry. Yeah. Huh. I, I just like things dry. I yeah. don't want it. So you hate, we, we even pour a little milk in the eggs before yeah. we scramble. Oh, that's okay. You yeah. can't do it in your cereal, but you can do it in your eggs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we, we, we like to, yeah, at my house, man, we drink stuff and dressing and ketchup and steak sauce or whatever kind of thing. And, uh. Yeah, we cheese is a must. Cheese goes in everything in our house. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. The only thing that I like, I'll put like ketchup and mustard on my burger. But like my, I eat grilled chicken every night and it's hot sauce. Yeah. I That's love me. hot sauce. Yeah. My young son, Cole, he thinks I'm just crazy because um, I'll eat hot, hot sauce on basically anything. So like eggs, I'll put it on my eggs. Yeah, I can't go Not that all the time kind yeah. of thing, but I will. Um, a chicken Alfredo. Put a little hot sauce on there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love it, dude. I like spice. Um, but yeah, he thinks I, he, he gives me the third eye look a lot of times because I'm in there just 
drink, you know, I'm, whatever it is, I'm just adding a little flavor. Not that it's bad. I mean, my wife can really cook, and I think I can cook okay, but it's just, I like flavor. I don't know. Yeah. I like it hot. Wow. It's interesting. So, uh, we're talking about apostasy, eternal security, like the, if you're a Baptist, it's once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this conversation's interesting because it's one of those doctrines that, like, I mean, we, you, you were saying it before we started, like, people sometimes take for granted the verbiage. And mm-hmm. sometimes I was, this is kind of what I was wrestling with this week is, sometimes I wonder if uh, the questions we have about those topics, if sometimes we're asking not wrong questions, but if there's better questions we could be asking, yeah, if maybe that's what the Bible's yeah. pointing us to. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. So again, I don't feel as crazy <laughs> because, like, uh, when I think about eternal security or apostasy, the conversation that always comes up in my mind is the person who uh, they watch their dad, who was a pastor, uh, walk away from the faith, mm-hmm. and they're they're worried and concerned about, oh my God, is he is he saved? Uh, you know, if you're getting into the election, is he part of God's elect? Will he come back? Like, yep. what what's going to happen? Uh, can he lose his salvation because he acts like he he did? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of weight and I don't know, heartache with this topic. Yeah, and I, again, to the verbiage aspect, I think that's. I mean, there, obviously, like as you just mentioned, there's personal experience that's mm-hmm. tied, and that's true with anything. And I think that's just so important for any topic, um, any anything that we address with the scriptures, because we go into the scriptures yeah. with preconceived notions, uh, personal experience, uh, what we've been taught, or you know. So we go into it that way, and so it can be a little, you know mushy to begin with because we're not going with a clean slate a lot of times into the scriptures um but yeah when it comes to the security of the believer let me just say that once saved always like say because i grew up in a baptist church and i heard it tossed around and it was always this negative connotation always it was always this you know well you baptist (laughs) you believe in the once saved always saved and at I didn't know what that meant. I mean, as far as how they meant it kind of thing for a yeah. long time. Uh, now I do. I mean, it's the negative connotation of because a lot of experience and what mm-hmm. they've seen firsthand. And let's just be real honest. What the world has seen a lot, not just in Baptist churches, but churches in general, where you've had leaders or just lay people, just followers of Jesus who profess Christ, who have served, led, title, whatever kind of thing. And they've lived like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And they've seen that lived out while they're serving, supposedly loving within the church. But then they leave the church. Oh, well, once saved, always saved. They can do whatever they want to after that, right? And so that's the, you know, when I hear that a lot of times, my heart hurts Mm -hmm. um, because I know I've seen it. I've seen the damage of that. It's not funny. I mean, you know, I know that people use it kind of jokingly sometimes, but it's like, man, it's one of those things that... um, cause people to question not only their faith but the reality of the gospel because they've seen people that are supposed yeah. to be leaders within the church act this way and then end up walking away from everything they professed yeah but i think it does so much damage because we'll we'll talk just about that you know but scripture tons of examples of that tons of examples of people walking away john 6:66 6, it says that from that time forward, those who were, a lot of those, many of those who were followers of Jesus, they went back, they turned around, they went back home where it was comfortable and convenient, and they walked with Jesus no more. Yeah, They left. I mean, it, there's lots of that. First John chapter 2, I think it's verse 19, he talks about they went out from us to manifest, display, show that they were not of us. Mm-hmm. They might be referring back to that text, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of examples in Acts you see it a lot. Simon the sorcerer, he even gets baptized. He professes Christ, gets baptized, and then he sees the power of, of true power of the Spirit alive in and through the followers of Christ. He's like, I want some of that. Give me some of that. What I got to pay you? Who I, what I got to do to do that? Yeah. And Peter calls him out. Your heart's not right, dude. 
you need to repent. Like, so there's a lot of that profession and things that take place and even serving, right? Like Matthew 7, that that horrible text that keeps me up all the time about those who they first say, Lord, Lord. So that's the mouth. Yeah. But then they talk about what they did. Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do this and this? And then Jesus says, I never knew you. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's tragic, man. Yeah. It's, it's made me think that... I mean, you've talked about this before, of my fears of uh, of walking away. Yeah. Like, I, I have that fear that, not that God's going to walk away from me, Mm-hmm. But I'll walk away from God. Yeah, and I think that's a part of it is me taking more seriously as I've gotten older those uh, warnings about walking away, mm-hmm. and being like, I don't think God just put this in His Word just because He's trying to scare you a little bit, but He doesn't really mean it. Like I think He really means like there's a path of destruction that yes. His Agreed. children could go down. Yes, and. So, like, in me, there's this fear of I'm scared of the potential of the sin in my life or mm-hmm. or me wandering or whatever that, that, you know, it makes me think of come down fountain, like, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, yep. prone to leave the God of yep. love. I, 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 I physically mm-hmm. feel that constantly, yep. and there's a fear that I'll do that. But then with this conversation, it's like, that's the difference between apostasy and eternal security is I think with eternal security, when we're questioning that, mm-hmm. we're asking more like, can we lose our salvation? Mm-hmm. Can God walk away from me? Will he walk away? Like, mm-hmm. is that possible? Mm-hmm. But apostasy is more of, can I walk away from God? Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and I would even say, because I've, I've, I've had many, many people in 20 years of, of conversations of people that had that same struggle. I mean, I'm talking about rock stars for Jesus, followers yeah. of Christ, like that struggle at points. And sometimes it's a, that there's a sin in their life, you know? And I'm like, you know, well, you can grieve the spirit and you can quench the spirit. I mean, the spirit's in you for you to be able to grieve and quench. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, and you can't, if the, one of the, fruits of the spirit is peace you know and you're grieving the very thing that brings you peace the very one who brings you peace part of that being peace of salvation then yeah i mean there's going to be holy conviction yeah so the fact that you even like have that concern doesn't like make me question Austin, well, i probably wouldn't the fact that you question that probably means that you're not no dude the, yeah. the fact that you're worried about it points me more toward the fact that you're convicted the spirit inside you is like more and more like Christ. Yeah. That's what I want. I don't want to fall away. I want to be all in for Christ. I don't want anything to derail that. You know, so that's yeah. more, that's the spirit's work, dude. Yeah. So like, and, there's and, a yeah. healthy fear of not wanting yeah, to get yeah. hit by a car when you cross the street. And that's yeah. kind of what I feel like when it comes to apostasy is like, I've had people me express that fear and then be like, Awesome. God's never gonna leave you. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I, I, that's not the problem. Yeah, I know how like wretched yes. I am. Yes. I know like the potential yeah. of of the sin in my life or mm-hmm. my evil heart and the doubts and the wanderings and all that stuff. And I don't want to take any of those for granted. I I want to be like what uh, is it, John Owen, mm-hmm. Ruth, or talking about like be killing sin or uh, sin will be Owen. killing you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to take an axe to the sin. Yep. You know, like, yep. I don't and want... Again, I think that's spirit conviction. Yeah. And that's spirit work. And I would even say, dude, you, you mentioned something earlier, warnings. And like Hebrews. Hebrews is filled with texts. Mm-hmm. We don't have time, I'm sure, to go into them kind of thing. Of, of these debated texts about losing salvation and stuff. But, I mean, the thrust of Hebrews is obviously that Jesus, Jesus is superior. He's greater than. But it's also these, okay, these Jewish people are tempted to go back, to leave following going all in for Jesus and going back to their Jewish customs, to what they were familiar and comfortable and not going to bring you persecution. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's when something is new, like anything's new, we have a temptation, a tendency to fall back to the things that we're used to. Yeah. The old, you know? I mean, again, a lot of examples of that in Scripture, but in life, right? Like, we're just new iPhones, 
I was tempted to go back to the you know, flip phone kind of thing or whatever yeah. just because I was used to it. And there's take some time to get used to it and find out how to really use it and or the even, benefits of it. So, like, I, I think a lot about like uh, the similarities between the Christian walk and trying to become a healthy person physically. Like, yeah. working out, like, there's so much you have to do. You have to eat right and mm-hmm. exercise and have form and all that stuff. But if you say, I'm going to like following Jesus, if I'm going to aim to become a healthy person, I want to live a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. you jump in right away and you go like hard body karate all the way through, or like immediately. Mm-hmm. And like it, that can be hard to sustain over a long period of time and you're not giving yourself the ability to grow. Yeah. And, but then too, if you don't take, if you start working out heavy, lifting heavy weights and all that stuff, but you're not eating right, mm-hmm. or you're not making sure your form is right, you're gonna you're gonna fall out of the gym either way because you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's kind of like with following Jesus is if you start following Jesus but you don't have a proper form, which I think is like spiritual disciplines yeah. put in place, and you're not eating right, <laughs> like eating like reading the Word and prayer and all that stuff. Yeah. Then you're probably not going to finish the race. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna fall out yeah. because you're you're not taking care of yourself when it comes. I don't know if this is making sense. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I think you know back to the warnings. That's what Hebrews is about. Like those texts are warnings, yeah. but it's warnings for believers. Okay, so why is he writing? I'm assuming we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is, but Paul, Luke, whomever it is. Why is he writing to believers and warning them about you know, those who would fall away, those who would stop following Christ? Well, because again, there is that temptation to go back to the old way. Yeah. There's a temptation for the follower of Christ to, I mean, if you hadn't been at any time in your walk with Jesus tempted to do the old way, how you used to do things, yeah. you're probably lying about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always been times where there's been things relying on myself, doing this, doing that, not doing this, doing that kind of thing, that we're just, we're tempted that, yeah. you know. It's all, more all natural all, to... Yeah, it's what we've always done. To not care about your spiritual health. Yeah. And to to live however you want. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the effects of sin is you naturally want to sin. You naturally mm-hmm. want to live a life without God. Yep. And so then changing course and saying, well, I'm going to follow Jesus, which is like this holistically, like spiritual health and all that stuff, requires work which is why i think jesus is like even when he's calling people to follow him he's like yeah take up your cross and follow me Mm -hmm. like it's going to require you to put some effort in yeah and it's not yeah yeah and i'm glad you said that dude because i think part of the discussion um and we could definitely do this on a whole different topic but one of the real damaging things um that i see i've seen firsthand i have done i have repented of is saying a little prayer getting people to ask Jesus in their heart, the sinner's prayer, all those kind of things, whether it's on the mission field or the local church or whatever it is kind of thing. And, and there's not any discussion about that. You know, well, what does this mean? Yeah. Like, what's going after this? Like, because for you to take up your cross and actually follow Jesus, like, after you say that amen, like, we usually don't talk about that. We're just mm-hmm. trying to get them to Jesus. Like, just say this prayer. And that's it. You know, this magic kind of potion kind of thing. And I think it's just so damaging yeah. because then what happens after that? What happens when the doubts come? What happens when the spiritual attacks come? I mean, you mentioned the other day when you and I were talking about Mark chapter 4. You know, that text is used sometimes about salvation. It's not a text about salvation. It's about preaching the word because Jesus explains what it's about. He's like, you're the sower of the word kind of thing. You're preaching the word. But of three of those, the, the seed, the word of God Either Satan snatches up, it doesn't take up root, it's in this, you know, rocky ground or thorns choke it out. Yeah. Man, that happens. So if we get somebody just to say the sinner's prayer or walk an aisle or raise their hand or, I mean, anything like that, and there's no root, there's Mm -hmm. no like, okay, like, you know, this is explaining about what it means to follow Christ. Which can't be done in a little ten second, you know. Repeat this prayer after me. Yeah. It just can't. Like there, there needs to be conversation about it. Let them ask questions. Ask some of these difficult questions. Walk through. Like have a conversation with them. Yeah, 
I like because they're they're yeah. gonna come up. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna doubt, and that's my thing. Even with like kids, sometimes like that's what concerns me um, about you know whether it's children or, or somebody like I, they're so excited, and I mean you're excited for them and all, but you're just like you almost know, man. There's gonna come a point in your life where you're gonna doubt. Like, yeah. did I really repent of my sins? Did I really know what I was doing then? Did I should I get baptized again? I mean, all those questions come up because we start doubting. Yeah, I like this because this is. Like I said earlier, I, I sometimes feel like when this conversation comes up, we're asking essentially, was my Uncle Joe really saved? Yeah. And yeah. what I like about like what you're saying is you're you're kinda hitting on the need for discipleship. Yeah, and and like two, when you're talking it made me think like this is why the church needs to take seriously when people wanna follow Jesus, the importance of us caring about this new brother or sister in Christ and saying mm-hmm. I'm going to have those healthy fears about you walking away for you. Yes. I want to be of whatever help I can to help you learn how to follow Jesus well mm-hmm. and finish strong. Yep. And, like, dude, that would change. Absolutely. That would change a lot. And the thing that we missed in the Great Commission of Matthew 28 is teaching them all things. We kind of stop before we get there. Yeah. All things is all things. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just the baptizing, which we're real. I mean, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Somebody surrenders life to Christ. Man, they make this public profession of faith. That is awesome. But we miss the tail end of that. That That's discipleship. That's a lifelong yeah. process. None of us arrive kind of thing. Man, and here's the other thing. Like, you mentioned that about the heart. I think that's another thing. Yeah, I hear it a lot. It's like, okay, whether it's a, a kind of the you're on your deathbed, so to speak, and someone says a prayer or uh, you know someone is younger and they make profession but then fall away and then later on they repent and come back and so all of that's kind of like well were they saved for that person that died here yeah, I don't know yeah did they repent of their sins and did they trust in Christ God knows their heart not me yeah you know what I mean now obviously I would say this though Austin first John is a beautiful text beautiful passage I think it's seven times he says that you may know, that you may know, that you. So this isn't like, okay, maybe you have a good feeling about being saved. This is so that you may know that mm-hmm. you're he is. I mean, I think about it this way. Like I'm a dad of three, and I love my kids to absolute death. And if I was jumping on a plane to go on the mission field somewhere, and right before, you know, I was packing my bags and about to leave, and they ran up to me, especially when they were little, and daddy, 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 kind of thing. When you coming back? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I may or may not come back. Well, Daddy, but we love you. Well, you know, y'all be good for your mom. Earn a little trust. No, a, a loving father wants my child to know how much I adore them. Yeah. Their security in our relate. And I'm a totally imperfect, sinful dad, evil dad, as Jesus will say in comparison to how good our father is. But we treat it like... That if God, kind of like the the carrot or, or the bunny that the dogs chase kind of thing, like if we ever know that we're saved, then we're going to sin. Then we're not going to, you know, if we really know, then we're not going to try and earn or, or you know, nah, that's kind of the license, you know, to sin kind of thing. You just don't understand grace. Yeah. Like the more you're assured of your salvation, who you are in Christ, man, there's boldness, there's security, there's joy. There's not a desire to run after sin. No, when I actually sin, there's more conviction. Yeah. I think this kind of, when you're piggybacking off of what you just said, when it comes to like the eternal security of, like you're going to sin, you're imperfect, Absolutely. we all are. Sometimes people's uh, fear is that, well, maybe I'm like way too imperfect. You know, and mm-hmm. so like on the way here, I was listening to Lecrae's song "Worth It," and he got a lot of heat for this song because essentially the message of the song is about God loves you despite all your imperfections, yeah. and you may not deserve His grace, but He still has grace for you. Okay, and it's kind of hitting on the like eternal security thing of He's He's He brings up people that I guess He knows who are wrestling with their faith and they know they're imperfect and their sins are overwhelming them and they're mm-hmm. like, God's probably left me. Yeah. And he's, he's essentially saying in the song, you're still worth it. 
like to Jesus, you're still worth dying for. Yeah. You're still worth him pursuing. And I think when it comes to the person who's afraid of them losing salvation, uh, that that's like the the beautiful truth we can pull from is like run to God's character yes. of like you may walk away from yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you may be like, I'm yeah. trash. I want to, I want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't like dealing with myself. But the beautiful truth about God is that he, he's patient and he's, yeah. he's with you. He's got that loyal love. And the, like the person I always think of is Jonah is Jonah never like that story doesn't end on Jonah repenting. No, not a high note. That dude. And like, talking about like earlier you said of someone who prophesied in his name and all that stuff jonah had a moment where he was saying all the right things Mm -hmm. and then immediately turned right back Mm -hmm. uh to his sin and he's even like mad at god about who god is and yet god still was patient with jonah through all of that and i don't know to me that's that resonates because i'm like yeah, when you look at all the sto- the characters in the Bible, they're all so imperfect that if there's like this one message we can get from looking at their relationship with God or with Yahweh, it's that Yahweh has enough grace for you no matter what you've done. That he's not expecting perfection, so you need to stop expecting perfection. That doesn't yeah. mean while out. No. There's obviously, like you said, there's like the spirit's going to bring conviction into your life mm-hmm. and we need to foster that which is mm-hmm. where the discipleship comes into play but the one thing that should give you relief is that no matter what god's got you yeah and you know, back to that question of well, can god leave me no Mm-mm. he because it's what, against his character yeah and I, and I think that's for me austin like and this is where when i do because i do like to have these discussions with people who disagree with me the free will that that you can lose your salvation kind of thing I want first to to look at the scriptures but I always run to the character guy yeah because the honest seems to be on more me mm-hmm. than it is on him when we start having these discussions sometimes the character of God is that he never changes he makes a promise he fulfills it and so we talk about I mean, look at tons of scripture, but that we're sealed with the Spirit of God. Well, if God seals something, can anyone unseal it? John 10, the good and great shepherd. Jesus is talking about laying down his life and all of these things. And that my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me and they come out and all these kind of things. Um, and no one can take you out of my hand. Yeah. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. And so, again, if no one else can, can I remove, can I remove his grip from my life? You know, so a lot of it for me is like, okay, so we're saying that somehow we could fall away. Well, then we must be meaning also, let's just keep pushing out a little bit Mm -hmm. that we can earn it. Because if I can lose it, apparently I can earn it. If I could lose it because of my sin, because I walk away, then apparently I can walk into it. And it just kind of puts more of the honest on me than it is on God, which is different than how the Bible speaks of it. Because I can show you tons of examples, like I mentioned earlier, people walking away. Yeah, that I would say we're never followers of Christ. Uh, There are many like Paul is constantly like this, this whole like Christ in me. I'm not going to take any, you know, praise or anything. I strive harder than everyone else. Oh, but it was Christ in me. Like he's so quick to do this. What you said like earlier. Okay, I am striving and I'm doing work and that's what but it's really God's work in and through me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Philippians 1 6 great verse right like like I am being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until yeah. the day of Christ Jesus like that's him working in you Romans yeah. 8 is so I mean it's just amazing talking about the spirit if, if you have the spirit then you're a child of God if you're being led by the spirit you're a child of God a lot of talk about the spirit but then he talks about for he that he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren Moreover, whomever he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Those are past tense. Yeah. That God did that. Yeah. 
And let, so let me say, you're, yeah. you're, you're, the wheels are turning. Yeah. And so but let me get one more thing out, and I promise I'm gonna, I want you to give it to me. The other thing I would say is this, is I've had tons of people who I, I think genuinely just absolutely love Jesus, and they, they doubt sometimes their salvation. And maybe it's not an apparent sin. You know, they don't have just this, this grotesque, like, hidden sin in their life. They're just struggling for whatever reason. And so, I, again, run, I counsel, run to the character of God. Run to who he says that you are. Not who you say sometimes you are or others say you are. Or Satan definitely says that you are kind of thing. The other thing is this. I remind them, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, they ain't perfectly sanctified. No. And I don't trust my thoughts all the time. Yeah. I don't trust my feelings or my emotions. I'm going to trust, again, what he says. So those times I don't feel whether I'm saved or not, whether I don't feel like I'm saved. Is that true just because I feel that way? No? Yeah. So give it to me. So <laughs> this has been the struggle I've wrestled with. Mm-hmm. And I've come to a conclusion, but uh, like I, I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. With wrestling with the eternal security and apostasy, I've got to the point to where I said, I want to hold them both together. I don't know how they work out, but there's obviously some tension of, mm-hmm. well, if you're safe in God's hand and no one can take you out of it, mm-hmm. not even yourself can, mm-hmm. then there, I'm, I want to take seriously those warnings of walking away. Yes. And to me, sometimes what I get annoyed by is when we say things like, not you didn't say this, mm-hmm. but like I, I know I used to say this all the time, was uh, with those warnings, they're, they're not like, you don't got to take them super seriously. Like you can't really fall away mm-hmm. if you're his. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of that essentially if you were saved, that God's doing all the work in your salvation, mm-hmm. which I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand the, the grace and even like your belief in God is grace. Yep. But there comes a point to where it's like how much free will mm-hmm. is actually involved. And maybe this is like a whole nother conversation. I'm trying to wrestle because I feel like apostasy and eternal security mm-hmm. have as much tension and as the predestination of free will conversation. And where I got was, I don't know how they work together, but I'm holding up and saying I believe in both. Mm-hmm. And with apostasy and eternal security, um, I don't know how they work together. Yeah, but yeah. I think both yeah, yeah. are possible. Yes, like both are real truths, and I want to hold them together, mm-hmm. even though I don't really quite know how they. Yeah, play out, and sometimes it's like, and maybe I, maybe I'm wrong in this. I feel like the Bible doesn't actually give uh, black and white answers for some of these things. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's more like, like I said earlier, he's trying. Th- th- there's better questions we could ask of like, mm-hmm. like, like we said earlier, of what's your heart? Are you taking seriously? Your salvation? Are you are you mm-hmm. fl- cultivating it and That's right. taking care of it and yes. all that stuff? Yeah. And so when we worry about, well, I don't know. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? No, what's no. Right? I think it's. I think you're right. Spot on, man. Like, so Paul in that same letters, in Philippians says in Philippians two twelve, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Okay, same letter, keep reading, and he's, he's talking, again, about the work that God's doing in you, but then he's telling you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Seems to me Paul's doing the same thing. Yeah. This is God at work in you, but it's not, okay, because I think this is, we try and make it a dichotomy kind of thing of, okay, you mentioned it earlier, even in your own life, and I think others, I would probably even struggle with this that sometimes, is, okay, if it's God that's doing the work, then I just sit back and do nothing. That's, that's not in I mean, that's just yeah. like, no, that, and that would apply to missions. That would apply to anything. That's where we get really, because the scripture speaks to both. There's no, there's this beautiful balance. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be because to those warnings, I mean, New Testament looking on the old says these things were done as warnings for us. Yeah. And I don't think he's talking about lost people. I think he's actually talking about us as believers. Yeah. And so I don't read you know, a story in Genesis or anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, that applies to these lost people. I look at it as warnings for me. Yeah. Jonah, 
I don't like, oh yeah, a rebellious prophet who is ticked off at God because God's going to say, he knows, you mentioned God's character, that God, that's who he is. Yeah. He's going to save them, and I don't want to be part of it kind of thing. I see myself, and I think that's a dangerous thing too, is that you know I ask myself, who do I see myself in this story? Mm-hmm. Because we always want to be David. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we don't want to be, be nice. we don't want to be Saul or the Israelite army that's trembling. Yeah, and not facing. We want to be David. Yeah. No, Jesus is David. We're the ones standing over there mm-hmm. doing nothing while he goes to the cross and defeats the ultimate Goliath. That's the truth. Yeah. But the beauty is we're part of it. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I think there's a balance, it's man. That kind of just tension. I've wrestled with more recently of like trying to take more seriously like spiritual disciplines and all and like really trying to like work out my salvation of fear and trembling. But then the I, I don't like when we say things like I don't, I don't even I can't think of the exact phrase I've heard people use, but essentially it's the mindset of like, well, God's predestined every action you're going to, yeah. and it's almost like all the good stuff in your walk with Jesus has been preordained and it's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're really saved, like, I, I, it feels like there's no like actual relationship where there's a struggle and tension yeah. and yeah. there's a wrestling. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, yo, you're the people that say that the everything's predestined and that if you're really saved, you're definitely going to end up here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I believe that of like every, okay, yeah, every Christian, uh, if you're truly saved, even if you walk away for a time, before you die, you'll eventually come back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if, yeah, is that biblical? No. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like. This is what worries me. Okay, so, and again, again, don't just want to go down this rabbit hole too far with <laughs> yeah. predestination and Calvinism and stuff because we, we've already talked a little bit about that. But you mentioned about, okay, so everything's predestined, and you, and you said good. I like how you just kind of threw that in there. Everything that is good is predestined in your life kind of thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Because, of course, they don't want to say everything that bad happened is yeah. predestined by God because that would make God you know, the essence of evil. Yeah. And so they know not to go down that road. But when we talk about being predestined, so the, just the good is predestined, not the bad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, when it comes to balance of Scripture, man, like, again, just missions in general. Like, if that is true, what's the point of missions? Like, I just don't even understand. Like, if that's your rationale, yeah. like, why would Jesus give the Great Commission in every every gospel, all four gospels, acts all throughout Scripture? Yeah. Why are we going anywhere sharing anything? Like, if they're going to get saved and God's just going to save them, what's the point in the preacher? Yeah. Well, because unless they hear, right? Faith comes by hearing and hear by the word of God. Well, they got to have a preacher. And the message, you know, the, the response to the message is, okay, what must we do? Repent yeah. and believe. There's got to be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and let me say that about repentance, too. I think that's the tricky thing. Because sometimes we, we kind of get in this, like going back to the sinner's prayer, Okay, can you remember the moment that you were saved? That's what we always do, right? Or we do in the Baptist world anyway. Yeah. Do you remember the moment you were saved? Where were you? What were you doing? Kind of thing. And I think for you, you don't, you can't really do a moment. It's more of a yeah, it's a season. The season, okay. And see, that kind of freaks some people out. Yeah. What do you mean there wasn't a moment? It's, you're born in a moment, then you should know when you're reborn in a moment, right? Like, yeah. I'm serious. Some people get freaked out about that. Not me, like because repentance, like I just repentance is not just then. Yeah. Did you repent of your sin then, and did you trust in Christ and Christ alone for salvation then? Okay, for me, 20 years later, guess what I'm still doing? I'm repenting of my sins, and I'm trusting in Christ. Yeah. I'm going to do it today and tomorrow until Jesus calls me home. Yeah. Like, repentance is not a one-time deal. And so if someone falls away, they what, what did we say earlier? Um, uh, they they backslide. That's what we say <laughs> in the Baptist world kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. And they come back. Oh, they're saying, no. Maybe they were saved before, and now they repented of their sin, and they came back. Maybe yeah. they weren't saved before, and now they are. I don't know. Like, But yeah. are, what are you doing today? Like, Are you following Jesus today? And so even like the perseverance of the saints and all that kind of stuff, those other terms that we'll toss around when we talk about eternal security, that's one of my things. I, hey, if I fall away, if 10 years from now you hear that Robbie Rose is 
preaching that Jesus is not the Christ, that he's not the son of God, I've fallen away. Yeah. You know, am I saved? Am I not saved? Was I saved? Am I coming? You know, like, am I following Jesus today? Yeah. Am I following him 10 years from now? I mean, that's my I like question. That. Yeah, I like that more because it's, again, like the whole struggle of, like, I, the, the description I gave of the person who they were saved, they backslid, mm-hmm. and if they were really saved, well, God will bring them back before they die. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's biblical. But then, too, it's like, I don't think, some of these questions, even the ones like I'm having, mm-hmm. I'm like, those have no, that like, that has no weight on my life. It doesn't change my life, mm-hmm. me pondering that question. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think with this conversation, it's, it's like you just said, it's what are you doing today? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible is trying to communicate. Yeah. Of, Again, I don't know how apostasy and eternal security work together, but they do. And what that does to me is it says, well, I can have a a sigh of relief because I know my God's got me. Mm -hmm. But I also know to be aware of the fact that I could fall away. Mm -hmm. And I need to take seriously, like, uh, what it means to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I need to, like, really, like... uh, Keep it like we were talking about in men's group this Sunday morning about how uh, some of us don't feel like we're on fire for God like we used to be, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, how can we cultivate that? Mm-hmm. We yeah. can we can yes. we can talk about that that feeling we have when we first got saved all day long, yes. but do we do anything about it? Are mm-hmm. we yeah. are we serious about like convic- being f- convicted about that? Yeah, and and yeah. part of the re- repentance is action. Yes. I mean, it's not just a, it's a change of mind, a change of thought that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of action. So, so to your point, like, okay, so for the men's group, does that mean y'all aren't saved? Oh, but now you're on fire. Now you are. No, dude. Like when Paul tells Timothy, man, you got to stir up that flame, that gift that's within you. It's the same thing about, you know, with the spirit, the grieving and, and quenching the spirit. The truth is even like with sin, or compromise or whatever it is kind of thing like if I'm doing something or not doing something if I'm if I'm not doing what God's called me to do and I'm doing something he's told me not to do then of course I'm gonna be grieving his heart because you can only grieve somebody who loves you yeah somebody who doesn't know me can't grieve me you can tick me off you can frustrate me you can't grieve me my wife my kids can grieve me because I love them and we're in a relationship quenching goes think of it like numbing right the more and more you sin Man, if there is something right now in your life and you're a follower of Christ and you just committed something or you just did something or didn't do something or whatever it is, man, there is like this prick. Like this, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this. I've, but now just keep doing that sin over and over again and not repenting. Yeah. You begin to numb the spirit. You begin to numb <laughs> that conviction. You know what I mean? Of like you begin, you begin to feel less guilty and you start justifying it more and more. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. So... You know, so and I know we got to close, yeah, yeah. but uh, we've talked about how like for the person wrestling with this stuff, mm-hmm. like take seriously your faith. Put, yes, like yes, don't just sit there and ponder and stress out. Like, put some action in place. Yeah, what would you say to the person uh, who's who's stressing out about Uncle Joe losing his salvation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one is I would say you know I just run to it again. God knows our heart. Like, if Uncle Joe is now no longer with us, and I get it. Yeah. I mean, I've had family members who they didn't finish well. And, you know, were they saved or not? I mean, I struggle with that, man. Like, it's like, it's tough. I I do funerals, and I don't really know if that person, because their lifestyle doesn't, you know, I know what the family's telling me, but their lifestyle doesn't really reflect Mm -hmm. Christ alive in them when they were, you know, with us kind of thing. I'm not just going to say, yes, I'm going to see them in heaven or yet. Cause man, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll tell them, I mean, I'll preach the gospel. Yeah. You know, I'll tell them what it means to be a follower of Christ and to leave a legacy and all that kind of thing. So for the person who struggle, if you're struggling with someone else or it's yours, like you are struggling right now with salvation. One, only God knows the heart. Two, I, I, I kind of say it this way, Austin, there's three things. One is, it's grace. You might not be saved. Yeah. 
And that's okay. That's God's grace. Yeah. You know, Paul, Thank God you found out. Uh, yes, now. <laughs> now. Like, yeah. question. Again, the Bible, again, it's not Paul, it's Peter, it's all over. Test yourself. Test yourself. What am I testing? Am I in the faith? Yeah. Why? Because it's that important. Okay, am I, are there, is there the love of God and love for others truly in my life? Is there really fruit of the Spirit? Is there, do I have a gift of the Spirit? I mean, those questions, man. Mm-hmm. Walk through the book of First John. Four chapters, phenomenal kind of thing. Love it. Um, I would say this too, though. Um, if you're struggling with it, it might not mean you're saved. It may mean that you're a child of God who's got a sin in your life. You may have just taken your eyes off the gospel. Yeah. Run to Jesus. Like run to his character, run to who he is. Look at scriptures that speak of your salvation and the security. Yeah. Not for the sake of, like you said earlier, going wild kind of thing. <laughs> But man, there's such assurance with that. You know what I mean? Like if if I know that I'm His, uh, there's just a boldness. Yeah. There's not a arrogance about it or anything like that. It's like, man, okay, I want to be assured. And I said there's four, there's five chapters, and look, First John, let me clarify that before I move on. The, and then the last thing I would say is this: knowing that you're His, man, just deepens my like not only intimacy when when I'm feel like I'm crushing it for Jesus, but when I feel like I'm not. Yeah. That I'm his is I'm like a child that can go to my daddy and be like, you know what, I messed up. Yeah. And there's forgiveness there. There's grace there. There's not shame and guilt. There's conviction, yeah. yes. There's discipline sometimes, yes. It ain't pleasant, but he loves me and I run to him. Yeah. So quit running from him. I was listening to Burt Kreischer podcast today. He was uh, talking to my crush, Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah do you yeah. know who that is? I do not. She's a comedian. She's okay. hilarious. Again, yeah, my crush, bro. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, I was <laughs> listening to him talk, and he, he was talking about how uh, people who repeat themselves a lot, mm-hmm. there's a reason you're repeating yourself a lot. So mm-hmm. ask yourself why. Okay. And so like, he was talking, like, the example he gave, he's not a Christian, like, be clear. But uh, they're talking about uh, guys who uh, talk about how good they are with the ladies. Mm-hmm. They, the guys who are constantly like putting that out there and telling everybody, uh-huh. are guys who probably are insecure for sure. And that's why they have to yeah. repeat that to everyone else because they yeah. have to like deal with their insecurity. Um, but then like, I was thinking about how uh, I, I may be wrong, but I think this is right. The passage, the verse is that are uh, the most quoted in the Bible mm-hmm. are the description of God's character. Mm-hmm. And it's like from Exodus 34, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I was like, yeah, God repeats that that little summary of who he actually is, his character, yeah. Yeah. probably for a reason. Yeah. It's because as humans, we struggle so much with remembering who our God is yeah. because we get so uh, conflicted by life and mm-hmm our struggles and our doubts and all that stuff and they get in the way and we start questioning like man god he probably left me he's probably like like maybe your dad left you and you're like yeah he's like my earthly father and what's beautiful is like god's constantly reminding us in Mm -hmm. his word Mm -hmm. i'm i'm slow to anger i'm patient i'm gracious and merciful and he, he does that for a reason yeah we then, need to remember. Yeah. Which is a phrase that comes up over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Remember. And it's remember who he is, remember what he's done. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing too, Austin, man, like not just Googling or whatever, which that's fine, you know, scripture about your eternal security as a believer. But man, for me now, like I'll go back and, and I'll read Genesis 3 and man, I see again just God's goodness that God is the one who closed them. They, they do it with this sham of leaves and hiding and blaming and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. God. Who's, and, you know, you go to Noah, and God seals them in the ark. You go to Genesis 15. You read with Abraham. God's making this covenant, going through this crazy display of killing animals. Abraham's actually the one who kills the animals and prepares everything. But then God puts him in this sleep, this deep sleep like he did with yeah. Adam. And he's the one who passes through this covenant relate. I mean, it's... Yeah. Man, and just, again, the character of God. Like yeah. And these are broken people, man. 
Like, you know what I mean? This is this is Adam and Eve after sin. This is this is Moses who's a murderer and a liar and a you know, trying to run away from, you know, being who he is. And yeah. Abraham and all these kinds of, and it just reminds me, yeah, this is God dealing faithfully with very unfaithful people. That's what, yeah. what he still does. Isn't that crazy? Like I love that too, of like you we, we go to like those big examples. But you even look at like Cain. Yes. Or like uh, Ishmael, like people who we like naturally associate as like they're the bad guys in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. But then God is still gracious to them and merciful. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, you know something else I was thinking of is to the person who is struggling with Uncle Joe, who mm-hmm. they they're mm-hmm. like maybe he lost his salvation or whatever. I think the challenge that the Bible gives us is we'll keep preaching the gospel to them. Yeah. Like don't. Oh yeah, don't, yeah. They're alive for sure. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, don't give up hope on them. No. And like, so, f- like a personal story is like my dad. Uh, he relapsed last year, and there's a moment where it's like, yo, maybe, maybe my dad's not mm-hmm. saved, mm-hmm. right? But I, God quickly like convicted me of it. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Go and preach the gospel to your dad. Yes. Go love him like Jesus yeah. loved you yeah, yeah. in your sin, and pray to God that like he he brings that lost sheep back. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we're so like concerned and like worried, and we let our worries overwhelm us, and then we like maybe we lash out at that person who walked mm-hmm. away. Maybe we need to readjust how we handle them. Yeah, of uh, like I know a lot of people who have walked away. And they said that when they walked away, the Christians in their lives were straight jerks to them. They cast them out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about like how the church is, uh, like them leaving the church. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the, the Christian family members in their life were like, yeah, yeah. you can't come to dinner anymore. Yeah. And said, invite them to dinner and create that space yeah. so that they can still hear the gospel and still experience the goodness of Jesus. Because yeah. the reality is, if they've walked away from Jesus, mm-hmm. they've tried to get all that stuff out, and you might be the only way God's going to bring them back in or bring them in for the first time. Yeah. And so take seriously, like, if people are far from God, whatever the situation is, just love them like Jesus did. Yeah. Do Put some yeah. things in place. Yeah. Have them over for dinner. Have those conversations and don't smash them over the head with the Bible and like kick them out the yeah. room. It's funny that you said that about like excommunication, you know, when it comes to church discipline. Because even in that text, when it comes to that point, which is extremely rare of kicking someone out of the church and we, you know, church membership, we could talk about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how when Jesus says that, he says, treat them like an unbeliever. He doesn't mean. Stop loving them. That's a good point. It actually means, okay, yeah. out there an unbeliever who loves Jesus and, man, love them kind of thing. Yeah. Because the truth is, even as a believer, I need Jesus today. Yeah. I need repentance of sin today. And so, yeah, I, when you mentioned Uncle Joe, I, I kept thinking you were mentioning or giving this illustration about Uncle Joe who is deceased. Um, but, yeah, if he is, man, if Uncle Joe or anybody doesn't know Christ, are they falling away? Man, treating them like an unbeliever or praying for them and sharing the gospel. They need the gospel as much today, even if they are saved. And yeah. it was 40 years ago, as they did 40 years ago. Like, we still need that. Mm-hmm. We, you know, still truths. Pray for them. Be there for them. And I would just say this last thing, man. If, if someone is struggling with that personally, they don't know if they're saved. They've, they've fallen away from the faith. They're, they're questioning whether even God's real, let alone if they're saved kind of thing. Man, it's okay. Yep. Have be and it's okay to tell somebody. Now you got to be careful who you tell anything to because some people put on social media at like yeah. knuckleheads. But find someone who you can trust. You could even reach out to Austin or myself. Yeah. Or someone else maybe, and and have a conversation and and express those concerns. Like man, I'm struggling with doubt. I'm struggling to even believe there's God. I'm struggling whether I'm saved or not. It's okay. Have those beginning conversations with people that you think you can trust. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I love that. There's grace for that, too, man. Like, someone told me that they had been, like, binging the podcast, which is a weird thing. Of um, like Binging us? Binging. Wow. My wife says she listens to me all the time, so she doesn't really listen to the podcast. I don't blame her. (laughs) I don't (laughs) either. (laughs) Uh, 
But they were talking about Bendit, and they're like, I love that uh, there's like the central theme of just love. Yeah. Of like, no matter who you're dealing with, what, you're, what situation you're dealing with, aim to love like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And like step into those tense moments, step into the fray, and be what Jesus would be in that moment. Yeah. Because here, last thing, yeah. I said last thing. <laughs> I'm a preacher. You're good. We're laying the plane like 10 times. Yeah. Why does the Bible talk so much, especially in the New Testament, about these topics like we're talking about tonight? Why is it there over and over again? Apparently, God, who is sovereign, yeah. knew that his people were going to struggle with some of this. It's okay. Like, you're not alone. You know? I just think that's one of those things. Like, we think we weird out when people struggle with stuff like this. And it's like, do you know how many passages of Scripture refer to this? Like, not one word less or one word more that God gave us. And he gave us a lot of references about this. So, yeah, yeah his people, like you and I, might be struggling with this sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. All right, that's it for this episode of Into the Fray. We thank you all for listening. Uh, and subscribe, rate, and review. That helps people find out about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, share it with a friend. Share it on social media. And... Uh, in the description, you can send a voice message, ask a question, whatever. We'll figure out an email at some point. And, uh, yeah, we want to hear feedback from you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Yeah, if you've got more questions about this topic or any topic that Austin and I discuss, man, let us know. Yep. That's it. I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. See you all next week. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of Into the Fray. We want to thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast feed. We will see you next week for another conversation.